0: But give me Jesus. And when I come to die, oh, and when I come to die, oh, and when I come to die, give me Jesus. World, give me Jesus.
1: Today, we're continuing our series in Psalm 119, and we are at verse 121 through 128. So take a moment and read through those verses. And what you have here is you have a survival guide for difficult times. Or you can think about it, this is like a first aid kit for the soul. First aid kit for hard times. And so as you read through, notice that you can break this section down into two halves. And each of those halves begin with a first person statement. 121, I have done what is just and right. I have done this. I've done what is just and right. And then 125, I am your servant. So two halves, each beginning with that first person statement. And the key, one of the key themes here is his identity. Three times he'll repeat, I am your servant. Give your servant. Deal with your servant. So the idea is how do you maintain your loyalty when times are tough and things are difficult? So read through the first half, 121 through 124, and he begins with a declaration that his conscience is clean. He has done what is just and what is right. That means he's lived faithfully to the word. Um, he's made the right decisions, done what is right, and that's based on the right principles. What God has told him is just. He's chosen the right path based on just commands, and yet notice He's scared for the future. Do not leave me to my oppressors. I've done what's right. I've tried to be obedient to your commands, and yet I'm in a situation surrounded by oppressors. See, in this first half, the oppressors are active. Don't leave me to them. Do not let, in 122, the insolent or the arrogant oppress me. So he's in some type of danger, and there's people who are seeking to oppress him and actively do him harm. And he's afraid. And not only is he afraid, it seems like God is silent. Verse 123, my eyes long for your salvation, for the time, for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. I'm longing for your salvation. Where are you? I'm looking and I'm looking for it. And I don't see, I don't see you. I don't see things working out the way they should Where are you? And you know, he's experiencing the silence of God. And in many ways, this can be even more difficult than the active work of the oppressors. So you have active oppression and then seemingly passive divine action. I can see the oppressors. They're all around me, but I can't see God. Where are you? And it's interesting what he asked for in one twenty three. He asked for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. And the translators are trying to help you get at because the word is literally word. I want a word of your righteous promise, but it's not the word like the objective word uh, that we have in the Bible or the word made flesh. He's asking for an a fulfillment or a word that is brought. Powerfully home to his mind and heart. So he knows right this at his moment of need. What he needs is a specific truth from the word that becomes living, active, powerful, that he can cling to. Here's one word that I, a word of promise that I'm going to hold on to. And the reality is the front line of the battle for the battle of faith is to take a word of promise and connect it to our present reality. He is afraid. He remembers that you are with me. You will not leave me. You will not forsake me. He's asking for that word of promise. But also notice that in spite of his circumstances, and the difficulty, so oppressors are surrounding, it seems like God is silent. In, in 124, the last verse in this section, is he is committed and he is confident in God's love. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love. I know that your silence is not your absence. I know that this active difficulty and oppression I'm experiencing does not mean that you're against me and you don't love me. So deal with me according to your steadfast love. And then notice in 124 what he asked the Lord to do. Teach me. Use this situation to teach me. Always ready to learn. Always ready to grow. And it's fascinating because he seems to recognize that God often expresses his love to us by teaching us. And then notice there's an important progression in 124 and 125. There's three verbs here. It's teach me. Give me understanding so that I may know. And that's the progression. First, we have to be taught. We have to be instructed. Someone needs to teach us, give us the information, the facts that we need. You have to learn the stories and the verses and and the basic concepts. But then the second thing he asks for is understanding. It's not enough just to know the stories. You have to have understanding. Understanding is the... Ability to connect and unite and integrate all the things that you learn. Notice, teach me your statutes and understanding so I know your testimonies. How how all of these stories fit together. How they reveal who you are. Understanding is a depth where you can see it integrated. And then the final is then you know. So real knowledge, real understanding is a three-step process. And then in 125 it moves I am your servant give me understanding. And then now what I want you to notice is what situation he's in. You get a hint of it in verse 126. It's time for the Lord to act for your law lo- your law has been broken. But that's kind of hard to translate. That's it's it's a difficult phrasing. And I love Alec Mortier in his devotional he translated it. They have treated your commandments as void of significance. That's how they've broken it. They've broken it by utterly disregarding it. And is there anything that could be more applicable to our times where people are openly, flagrantly disregarding the Lord's commands? And so what does he do in that situation? How does he respond when you're surrounded by people who are disregarding the Lord's word and his commands? Look at 127 and 128. There's two commitments. Therefore, in light of all this, I'm surrounded by these enemies. I feel like God's silent. I know there's so much that I need to know and I'm surrounded or I'm immersed in a world where his commandments and word is disregarded. What do I need to do? Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. So I will reaffirm my love for them. I will not let The culture and my context sour me or make me cynical to the word. I will love it. And then 128, therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right, and I hate every false way. I reaffirm my commitment. I love it, and I am committed to it. So what do we see in this wonderful survival kit for hard times? How do we maintain our loyalty and our love in the midst of dark days? You go to the middle, 125, 127, he is assured of God's love, and he longs for his truth. But then on just the outside, 124, 126, he's longing for divine action. Lord, respond. Make, help me, and then act. It's time for you to act. And then on the frames, 121 and 122, he's seeking divine intervention. Don't leave me. Do not let the insulin oppress me. Then 127 and 128, he pledges his personal commitment. Therefore, I love your commands, and I'm committed to them, come what may.
0: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures Hear is